Welcome to episode 21 of Define Normal. Today we have my bestie, college roommate, former adult roommate, Amanda Oswald joining us to talk about boys. I mean, I I thought I, I, w- I wanted to have something more like profound, but really that's what we're talking about, boys. And it should be a great one. <laughs> Welcome to our group chat, everybody. Welcome to our texting conversations. Welcome to the group chat. I have questions for you, but honestly, it's going to be pretty free flow. I want to first acknowledge that within our core friend group, our core college friend group, the four of us, myself, you, Natalie, and Maddie, we are the two single ones. So we have to hold it down. The way I explain this to people is two people have picked their partners. Maddie's engaged. Natalie is you know, headed there. We still have to pick strong contenders to bring on the the vacation one day that we all go on. And what a responsibility it is. It is. It's a strong responsibility. Like, you know, we've known Joe since college. We really feel strongly about Stu, who we've known less time, but we love. And now I feel like stressed a little bit. Like, Well, I think too, because like you've had so much more time that you're like, oh, I really got to get it right. And I think also, like, you not only have more time to, like, really figure other people out, but, like, more importantly, you have more time to figure yourself out. I mean, who I am as a 28-year-old, I almost just forgot how old I am. Whoops. <laughs> who I am as a, as a 28-year-old is, like, a very different person than who I was at 21 or even 25. So... I think that that adds like another layer of it too, is that knowing myself so much better now, so knowing myself like just as an adult really kind of changes the dating game in general. And um, as you like accumulate these life experiences, um, how could it not influence where you want to, where you want to go in, in dating and like in finding like a long-term partner overall? Well, I'm going to make you say more about that. I would love to know who, like, who was your type? I mean, I was there, but tell everyone else. <laughs> who was your type before you feel like you really knew yourself? And who is your type now? Oh, my God. Okay, well, I would say that my type early on was very much like opposites attract. I'm an extrovert. I am pretty outgoing. I really align with that kind of Aries energy. So I think that I really gravitated towards a lot of guys that were the opposite of me. Maybe they were a little bit quieter. They were really good like listeners because I like to talk a lot. I have always been very confident in myself at least to a certain extent and maybe they didn't have that kind of same energy but but that was okay like it was it was a good balance at least I thought at the time and I would say that in more recent years and particularly like a lesson that I learned during quarantine and like going back to my parents house for a couple months after being on my own living in Chicago living in New York City for years that's kind of where I learned that lesson about well, maybe I really am not looking for someone that's my opposite, but someone that really like emulates those same qualities that I'm starting to really like acknowledge and love about myself. And I've started to date more people that are more alike than opposite of me. I think that you need like, you need some differences to make it work because you need to have something to talk about. You, you can't align on, on absolutely everything you don't want to be dating yourself at the end of the day but um, I'm definitely starting to look for people that I know up front that like our values are aligned and I think that's easier now that I'm older now that I'm like back living in the Midwest I made a major move from New York to Milwaukee earlier this year so that's like a whole other aspect of the dating scenario right now Aside from those, like, core values being, like, much more top of mind and apparent now, again, like, more just values that I'm like, wow, this is something really awesome about myself that I want someone else to be bringing those same qualities to the table, too. I don't want to put the burden on myself to, like, have to fulfill all of these things, and I don't want to have that burden put on someone else in in, an opposites attract kind of mindset, too. 
Yeah, opposites attract is hard because I think I thought the same thing once upon a time. Like, we both bring a lot of energy. You're an Aries, I'm a Gemini. I have a more introverted side sometimes, but I'm loud. And I talk a lot. It's that dual-sided ener- energy. It is. I, I'm, I have two people going on here, but... I always thought the same too. Like I need to date someone who's a little more quieter because I'm always talking and like just a lot of things that are opposite of me, but actually it kind of doesn't work because you feel like a little apologetic for your personality sometimes. Like you're like, I'm kind of, am I doing too much? I don't know if you like how much I'm doing. And I'm like, why am I apologizing? Like you opted to be here. What's, what's happening? And it's a weird energy. That's so spot on, Shelves. It's like, yeah, you almost feel apologetic. Again, like I was saying, like this burden that you put on someone to be other things that you're not, but then also like taking on this burden yourself and kind of just finding yourself pulling back those parts of your personality because you don't want it to be too much. Yeah, I, I stumbled into seeing someone over the summer when I was like living at my parents' house in quarantine that I met when I was like, traveling to Denver to go hang out with some friends when I just like needed a break from all of the feeling like I was 16 again in my parents house while I was furloughed he was very opposite of anyone that I'd ever dated in the sense that him and I really were were a lot of like and just like very energetic very extroverted just like a ton of personality so much fun and I remember I was like telling our mutual friend Jen about this one day. I was like, oh yeah, like, you know, him and I have like kept on talking, like he's going to come visit. And it's so wild because it's just so different from what I'm usually dating. And she's like, well, Amanda, I've been in a couple serious relationships and she's like, and her now fiance, she's like, he really is the opposite of anyone else I had ever dated because he's so alike to me. And she's like, and I feel like once you really are in a position where you are really loving yourself and like loving all these qualities about you that's when you find yourself gravitating towards people that have those same qualities too and I was like oh my god this is like a huge self-development moment and in the midst of quarantine no less (laughs) I mean truly something feels like it's been unlocked there because I thought like there can't be two of me in a relationship like I'm a lot, I like to talk, I like need someone to maybe calm me down, but I also find that like even in friendships, I don't have a lot of introverted friends. Like I don't mind introverts, like Nat is an introvert, I would say, and like we get along swimmingly. I mean my sister's an introvert, but like in relationships, I feel like I'm apologizing for being an extrovert or like carrying conversations or like hey, is this too much social interaction for you? Do you want to go to that? And like, that doesn't, that's not going to work long term because I like to go to things and I like to be out and about. So like, I'm not going to be sorry or asking like, but are you sure? So I think that is, I never really thought about that. In fact, I almost have to like take it back. I used to judge people who were like, I want to date someone just like me. I'm like, why? Why would you want that? And now I'm like, oh, okay. So you guys can do some of the same stuff. Like to your point, I want some differences, but I like the idea of things being the same. Yeah, you want each person to bring some sort of differentiation to the table just so you have, like, things to talk about. Again, like, you don't want to be dating your, like, a literal version of yourself. Like, I went on a date last week with a guy, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy literally is me. Like, he's talking about how he's, like... I mean, I'm drunk and ordering Taco Bell, and I'm like, wow, that is such a me move. It hurts. I was like, can I do this? I remember that text. I'm like, wow, okay. And again, guys, welcome to the group text. This is an insider scoop. (laughs) Insider scoop. I want more of the scoop, honestly. I want to know what is the difference between Midwest dating and New York dating? Because honestly, you go on more dates than me. We'll get into my antics later but like you are the queen of dating in the friend group so someone who really dated in new york city and is now actively dating in milwaukee what are we seeing what are the differences there are a lot of differences and i do think that some of them are innate differences midwest versus east coast however i can't say that i also have like a true view of that too because i also don't know what may have been influenced by COVID and if some of these same trends are happening in New York as well right now too. Like I said, I was living in New York for for the past almost five years. I spent a few months in Ohio back with my parents, like, you know, 
and then briefly went back to New York for a couple months and then accepted a job and moved to Milwaukee. And I've been here now for five months. So I wasn't really dating when I like had that intermittent period back in New York just because like pandemic and I knew that I was probably going to be leaving. So I was seeing my friends. So I don't have a good vantage point of what the dating scene may or may not be like in New York under these current circumstances. So I just want to throw that out there. But from my perspective right now, there is a big difference in what I was used to the dating scene being in New York versus the Midwest. And I would say it is twofold. One, I think that New York is a land of opportunity. And one of my favorite podcasts is Girls Gotta Eat. And they recently did an episode with the guy that wrote, I think it's called Dating Economics. Shelby, you'll have to look into that, tag it in the, <laughs> when you post this. He had a, a, a whole study done about the economics and the statistics of, of dating and what makes for a successful dating scene in a community. And I thought this was so interesting because I love math and I love dating. And so one of the biggest factors in a community where heterosexual couples are together and, and, and getting married is the ratio between men and women. So if there is a higher percentage of women in a community, then guys have more choices. It really comes down to if a guy feels the need to settle down, then relationships will happen. That's just the reality of what this, this author found out after doing all of this research. And so in New York, there is a much higher percentage of women to men. So it is much more opportunistic for men in that sense to like, you can be turning out multiple dates in a week. There is just so many more people out there. And I would say it was, it was kind of like a sport in a sense that you always are bringing your A game. You're always talking about just like what could separate you from the rest as far as more of your accolades rather than your values. In Milwaukee, one of the first things I looked up because this was right when I was listening to this podcast is the ratio between men and women here. And it's much more closer to 50-50. I think it's like there's like a percentage point higher of, of women in the city than there are men. It's very close. I would say that that definitely plays a part in people being much more intentional about their dating here. And I do think that those have does have something to do with COVID too. You're not just going to be going out and meeting just anyone unless you really feel like a connection with them because you are risking your, your health at the end of the day and the people around you. I would say that out of the people that I've engaged in conversations with here, and this has all been done through dating apps, like I'm not like going out to the bar and meeting people here because pandemic. Like I'm really only engaging with people that like I absolutely see myself like going on a date with. And I would say vice versa too. We have really gotten into conversations much earlier on that just, are we looking for the same thing? Yes or no. If not, then like we're going to call a spade a spade. Are our like greater values in line? If not, then we're going to call it out. There really haven't been like the ghosting situations here that I would see in New York because Again, you don't have like as many people out on the scene, but then also I think that that's just like Midwest manners. People are much more upfront about what they want and, and also just like much more polite <laughs> too. But I would say that I've seen guys here, I would say every guy that I've gone out with here, for the most part, we've gone on multiple dates. And if it hasn't worked out, for one reason or the other, there's always been a direct conversation about why it's not working out. And it really will come down to like, hey, you are such an awesome person, but because of A, I'm just not really feeling it, or B, because of like this situation, this is why I don't see a future together. Those conversations were few and far between in New York. You just didn't need to. And it, it also just like, much bigger pool too. There was someone right around the corner, someone already in your DMs, someone already on the calendar. You're like, okay, just brush it off. No big deal. But I think that people are much more intentional, much more just like conscious of the time and effort that people are putting into dating and like really finding a person to like 
settle in with at this point too. Um, it's not so much as a game as far as in a competitive sense here. Right, it seems like people are actually trying to find people in Milwaukee. But do you think the guys who you're speaking to are of, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say this, are they of the same quality? Like, are they the kind of guys that you are looking for? Or do you think New York had better quality, but the guys were more problematic in the sense that they didn't really want to commit to anything? No, I think that I have dated like a ton, like a ton of great guys here. Yeah, there's, there's differences for sure. I wouldn't say that the Milwaukee like dating pool is is off by by any means. I mean, one it's a, it's, a, it's a smaller pool, like there's no way to to shift that narrative. But yeah, I mean, I'm still finding guys that like I definitely am am interested in that align with like the things that I've been looking for in someone just as I would in in New York. I wouldn't say that there's any differentiation in in that regard. I think that you can find you know, aside from if you're living in like a seven person town in like the middle of Nebraska, maybe I think that as long as you're like open to just new people, new ideas, new experiences, and just like trying something out, then like there's a pool for you. I think that like you said, Shelbs, like I am the f- the friend that like has been very active, like on the dating scene since, I don't know, college, you know, there's been situations where like it's definitely hurt there's been situations where it is awesome but I think from every situation I have gone into it with an open mind and like knowing that I was going to learn something about like myself or something that like that I want in a future partner in every single instance and that's why it's worth it that makes sense I mean I think that's what a lot of people need to hear and I was actually reading something about that earlier where it's like dating kind of is terrible, but it's kind of like you will navigate and find experiences that make you happy. And if it leads you to your person, then overall it's worth it. But it's not always going to be easy. And like you said, there have been like some high points, some low points. I want to talk about values because everyone keeps bringing that up. Like you're not my only friend who, I don't know, we turned 25 and people started talking about their values. Like I'm with this person because we have similar values. What does that mean to you? Like I don't, I know what it means literally, but like, what are your values? And, and when you say that to people, what do you mean? That is a good question. So, and it's funny that you bring up like being like 25 and like everyone just started talking about it. Cause that's so true. Just taking like one step back for a little background in my house growing up, we really didn't talk about relationships too often. It was like, my parents have been married for 30 years, but it just like, wasn't something that we were like really open about in our house. Again, like, as I've gotten older, as I spent like all this time with my parents, all of a sudden in quarantine, you just start having conversations after a couple of bottles of wine that you just have been sitting on the back burner for a long time. One of the conversations that I had with my mom was about this like change in my perspective about dating people that were opposite of me versus dating people that were more alike. And from my vantage point at the time, I my parents were very much like opposites attract. Like my mom is very like corporate type A go-getter, no nonsense, loves to have fun, but like very much like the straight edge corporate type. And then my dad is much more artistic, much more uh, of an introvert than my mom is. And just in my perspective, I always saw them as like two very different people growing up. And so I asked my mom, I was like, mom, like, how have you guys, like, what makes this work? Because in my eyes, you guys are just two total ends of the spectrum. And um, I was like, what brought you guys together? And she's like, Amanda, it's, you need to be two separate people in a relationship. Like you were talking about, like, you need to have each person bring something to to the table and acknowledge and appreciate what they bring. But you need to align on the big things. Like, do you want to get married? Do you want to have a family? Do like, how do you guys look at managing your money? Where do you want to settle down long-term? Like what does like retirement look like for you? Are you guys trying to like retire tomorrow or are you two people that want to be working until you're 65? So it's, she's like, it's those things that we aligned on. And that's been like the cornerstones of our relationships. And that's why it's been working 
thus far. Like we knew we wanted to get married. We knew we wanted to have kids. We know that the way we wanted to manage money was the same. We knew that our long-term values as far as expectations for working, what we wanted to have in the bank when it came to retirement and like what that phase of life would look like for us. All of those boxes checked off. That's what allowed us to have all the wiggle room within our relationship as far as like our personalities and like how we got to those end goals that we knew that we wanted to be at together. So I thought that was like a really enlightening conversation for me. Um, And so that's been much more top of mind, especially in this post COVID world. Like I'm 28. I've been dating for a long time. I'm not just like trying to go out and like have a drink with just anyone at this point. So I don't want to waste my time with someone where if I don't have like a gut feeling early on that we alive or that we align on things like, do you want, do you want to be in a relationship? Like if I see on Bumble that you don't know what you're looking for, it's a swipe left. Like I do not want to waste my time with that right now. Or if we don't align on major like political issues or major, um, religious issues, things like that, like it's probably not going to work out and that's okay. And I, and I've had very honest conversations with people that I have dated here about for X, Y, and Z reason to, to those effects. I just don't see this going anywhere for the long term. And again, people have been much more direct in those conversations here overall. And so those conversations have been very well received. The person that I had that conversation with, I was literally just chatting him with last night. My parents were in town. He's like, oh, how are you? How's the fam? How was their visit? So on and so forth. Like it's very cordial. It's just everyone accepting what they're really looking for and owning who they are at this point too. I think that the past year in quarantine really did a world of wonders in that regard makes it much easier to just spot those things and have like real conversations about them too yeah and it requires a little bit of vulnerability to say like this is who I am now or like I'm looking for a relationship because I think for a while it wasn't cool for some reason to like want to date someone like it was very much like we're having fun. Like, why would you want to date anyone? And then like, I woke up and everyone wanted to date someone. Maybe they wanted to all along and they were lying. I don't know. But I have had so many friends tell me like, I'm looking for someone. I mean, I asked you recently, since you're saying we're telling them about the group chat. I I think you FaceTimed me after a date or something. And I was like, what is this sudden? Like, who are you? Like, why? Why now? Are we like swiping left on the guys who don't know what they want? And we're talking about values. I mean, not that it's a bad thing, but I remember asking you, like, why now? And I think you're right. Quarantine made people realize, like, maybe this partner thing like isn't terrible. Because people were quarantined with their husbands, boyfriends, wives, whatever. And I was like, I mean, it would be cute to, like, gallivant around, but who am I supposed to do that with? <laughs> like, so I moved in with my parents. Well, that, and, like, we were talking this morning and, like, It is exhausting pretending to do things that you don't want to do at this point. Like, let's call a spade a spade, people. If you just want to stay at home and order takeout, and that is much more appealing to you than just going to get dinner with me, and this is just like girlfriends. Like, if you are genuinely going to be unhappy putting in the work to make plans to go get dinner on a Tuesday, let's not freaking do it. And so I think that that has a lot to do with it is that we are so much more particular about where and how we are spending our energy now across a multitude of things. Um, I feel people are much, much more empowered to say no to the things that they genuinely don't want to do that they felt obligated to do before. And that has, after a year of having those choices stripped away from us, it's like, well, actually, I guess I never wanted those choices to begin with. It's like the Trader Joe's mentality. We millennials like shopping at Trader Joe's because there are very few options. It's easy to make a decision there. I think when it comes down to it, people just don't want as many options and they don't want and making decisions are things that we have to do all day, every day when it comes to our jobs to just our lifestyles to keeping up with family and friends and like you tag dating onto that too please don't waste my time 
But I, I don't want to waste my time. I don't even have time to waste. Like I'm we don't have time to waste. <laughs> I don't have time to waste. Like, absolutely not. So I got to get into some, like, hot takes. Like, we sometimes have very different takes. And sometimes we have the same take. But, like, there are several things I want to ask. So I'm going to start with the spark, right? So you have this thing where, and you're not the only one, but for the sake of this conversation, you have this thing where you believe when you meet a guy, like, you know if it's there or not. Like, I like him or I don't like him. You know, I always say that I have to be convinced. Like, I don't like anyone when I first meet them. Like, it's unfortunate, but true. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, some of my best friends, it was like a question mark when I first met them. So that's just like how I am. But I want you to share your hot take of the spark and why you think that that is true for you and in general. I'm a firm believer in the spark, everybody. Let it be known that I am a firm (laughs) believer in the spark. In general, I'm a person that just really relies on their gut instinct. I've always been that way. And so that, I think, leads me to really, like, digging into that spark. Yeah, Shelby, you have received spark texts how many times over the course of our 10-year friendship? Like, oh my God, guys, listen to this. And then then I learned my lesson one way or another over the course of time thereafter. Yeah, I really do. Like within 30 seconds, I know, like, do I want to keep doing this or not? It's just, it's just a gut feeling. I feel the same way about I felt the same way about moving to Milwaukee. I felt the same way about buying this cute pair of shoes the other day. When you know, like you just, yes, it's that gut feeling that like, yes, this feels right. And listen, it could be right for a day. It could be right for two weeks. It could be right for a lifetime. That part haven't really gotten nailed down yet. And that's where I learned from you, my dear friend, (laughs) about patience. But... (laughs) The spark itself is something. <laughs> I trust your gut instinct, but this I too feel the spark. I'm human. I meet people and I'm like, wow, like what a vibe, like incredible. But then I'm a skeptic. Like if people don't already know that, now you know. And I think the spark is hard for me because I'm like, yeah, I really liked you for that five seconds where I knew nothing about you, but I'm also like extra particular. So it's like we vibed, but so much remains to be seen. Like, is your house a mess? Are you going to answer my text? Do you read? Like, this, I have to go, I have to derail for a second. The bar is on the ground for men. This morning, my sister sent me a TikTok, and I will link the TikTok. It was a girl saying that she and her friends started a shared notes doc where they post every time one of them celebrates the time that men do the bare minimum. So, a few of the lines included... He saved his, he saved my number in his phone. He listened to me when I was talking. He didn't gaslight me during an argument. Like it's like very basic things. So tying it back to the spark, it's like, yeah, I'm excited about you, but I have to make sure like you're just not basic. Cause honestly they just get away with murder. Like men literally do nothing. And then they're like, but don't you want to date me? I'm like, I no, I don't. Um, <laughs> so And that is so true. That is so true. And we've talked about this before. Like, if he's buying you a coffee, it's just a coffee. It's just a coffee. Like, thank you for buying me a coffee. But, like, I mean, I have done things where it's, like, okay, it's Valentine's Day. And, like, oh, my God, so cute. Like, in my house, we celebrate Valentine's Day. My dad gets me a Valentine. My parents get me Valentine's. So I was, like, cute. Like, if I'm dating someone, we're going to do a little Valentine's Day moment. And it's, like, like I'm going to buy them something cute. And it's not big. It might be, like, candy or something. And... Some guys don't believe in Valentine's Day. And I just, I want to make it make sense. It's a whole holiday, make it but like, <laughs> I want to make it make sense. Like, if you're dating me, just go to the local Walgreens and buy me something small. I'm not asking you to send roses to my desk, but how are you going to be in a whole relationship talking about Valentine's Day? Question mark. That's so your vibe, though. That's so your vibe. Well, like, you also, you also grew up in a house where, like, you, it's, it's your dad and three women. It's your mom and, and you and your sister. And your dad is very much one of acts of service, gift giving. Like, he makes sure that his girls are taken care of. Like, that was the energy that you are used to, to being around. Whereas 
my last Valentine's gift from my dad was in 1998, a VHS copy of Hercules. Kev is not buying Valentine's Day gifts. And you know what? My parents were here this weekend, and we were still talking about how Hercules absolutely slaps, and it is an underrated movie. I mean, the music is 10 out of 10 in Hercules, so I might log into Disney Plus and check it out later. But I just... You're right. You're right. I think for me in dating, like, I... All the men in my family do things for me. Like, that's just how it is. And so I'm like, why would I date someone who doesn't do things for me, even small things. And like my dad, I would hate that. Like if I were, you know, let's say for the sake of this example, my non-existent boyfriend and I road trip to my parents' house and we get there and like I'm getting bags and carrying things into the house. Like that's not the energy. <laughs> my dad would be like, what is wrong with this man? Like why Shelby, what is, what are you doing out there? So when I see guys, and I, it's hard though, it's confusing because we're both independent, we can do things by ourselves, but you still need to do things for me. Because otherwise, why am I, like, why are we dating? Like, so so make- that's interesting that you bring that up because my, my temperament is so, or my, just my first thoughts are so opposite because I, as I said before, like my mom is like very much like accountant type a runs a shit like can does does it herself Mm -hmm. and and she we've talked about this like that's always something that she has struggled with is like allowing people to do other things for her it took her a long time in life to come to terms that people genuinely want to help you and this is just outside of a romantic sense too but for me like that's the example that I grew up with is that you take care of your own shit and so I will say that's something that I struggle with is allowing particularly romantic partners to do things for me because I am so used to and have this expectation that I can do it myself. So if someone tried to like take my bag, I would I would really have to like stop, pause, think about, oh, I should let them do this for me. Like this is being nice. Like I I like I don't expect it, but like I should let this them do this because this will make them feel good doing that for me. And I really, I have to consciously think about that. It's interesting because I'm a little bit of both, right? Like I think there's this fierce independence, but it's more out of like necessity. Like it's like we live, we're single women who live alone. Like I, but I wouldn't, and I think the mentality of the men in my family is the same. Like why would I get a man though to have the same life I have when I'm single, right? So if I wanted to do everything by myself, I would just be single because I'm already doing everything by myself. But if you're going to be here, you better be doing something or you shouldn't be here. I need you to be here with a purpose. Thank you. Truly. <laughs> get the bags. It's, not, it's like not the 1950s. Like, you know what I mean? We don't need to get married for land and a house and a bank account. Like, we can do all those things. We have all those things. Like, we, I mean, I was going to say we live alone, but currently, like, I don't have an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> You're a nomad. You're a nomad. You're, you are your own house, Shelby. Yeah. That's yeah, what my horoscope yes. t- keeps telling me, so I'll pass that on to you. I'm my own house. And so if you're going to join my house, you better contribute or you can't come. So <laughs> that's, that's where I am right now. And so any potential suitors listening to this podcast, come correct or don't come at all. Also, back to the hot takes. I want to talk about moving in together. So COVID has accelerated these move-in timelines. Like everyone's moving in together. I have to keep my face intact. Because whenever someone tells me they're moving in with someone, I'm like, okay, who is this person? But I think, like, all you need is, like, one Instagram post and, like, it's fire it up. Let's go. Right. So what are the hot takes on moving in? Like, how do you feel about moving in before marriage? I already know, but I want you to tell the listeners. And, like, what what timeline feels right for you? Like, if someone have their bags by your door after six months, is that a no? Like, what, what are we thinking? I used to be a hard, I wouldn't want to move in together until there's like a ring on it um, kind of vibe. And then I also think too that, and I stand by this, that if you're moving in together, I think that it should be a fresh start. Like we both need to decide where the forks go. Yeah, mutually. Yeah, I think that I would have a really hard time with someone like moving into my space because I have it in my mind as a certain way and it's it, this is how I live. Um, but also I think that moving into someone else's place as like a permanent solution, I, I would feel like a visitor there. So that, that's kind of always something that I've just been cognizant of. I think that 
being older, being in a post-COVID world almost. I say if you guys are feeling it, move in together. But I think that it really needs to be like a sound, like we know what direction this is heading in. Like Nat and Stu, writing's on the freaking wall. It made sense they were moving in together. Like Maddie and Joe, they literally moved across the country together. So it was pretty clear as day that this was heading in a certain direction. I think if you have that kind of clarity in your relationship, fire it up. Um, and and every time everyone's timeline is different too. My neighbors that I that I grew up next to, their parents got engaged. I want to say after like three months, and they've been married for thirty years. So I think everyone's timeline is very different. Again, if your gut feeling is something strong enough to be- predict what the long term effect is going to be, more power to you. I think that particularly now people being more aware of them of themselves being more aware of what their needs are it makes them better partners in the long term and so you know I'm rooting for all these couples that after one Instagram post they are ready to go and dive into this because I mean anyone that like goes into a relationship like that I you want them to be happy and and find success in that and I, I think now more than ever people have those that self-acceptance to really take them into those successful long-term partnerships because just because they know themselves so well at this point I assume I'm rooting for the homies I think what's funny is like 28 I'm not 28 yet but I'm almost there 28 big birthday weekend ahead it's coming up I feel like (laughs) 28 feels very old, but like super young at the same time. So I have to admit when I'm presented with some of this information, sometimes I'm like, are we old enough to be doing that? I need a permission slip. Like, are you old enough to be moving in with someone? The answer is obviously yes. I have friends who've been married for years already, but I'm just like, you're, I I don't see, I'm like, I don't see that for myself yet. For me? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I have to like mentally like go through that exercise of like, you are going to move your stuff in with someone like for real. But I agree. It's like, it's not my timeline to dictate. Do I want to live with someone before we are engaged? I mean, if you had to answer that for me, the answer is probably no. I don't know. We'd have to be pretty close to engagement. I don't want to live with multiple guys. I'm not saying any of these people are going to do that. But like, I don't want it to be like, we did this, it didn't work, and now I have to move in with someone else eventually. Like, once I do that, like, this is it. <laughs> like, Who you spend your couch time with is critical. It's critical and not easily replaceable. Shelby, you and I have spent a lot of couch time together after living together for five years. That is a sacred space. Like, who you're going to make space with for on your couch? I, I would not want to share that with anyone that I wasn't serious about either like living situations are really not a revolving door in my mind to that like and and yeah right now it's like romantically but like just in general like my roommate situations like have always been very like steadfast because it's like that's where you're coming home to so if you feel so sound in your relationship that you want to come home to this person you want to build a home with this person fire it up we are rooting for you go get them Go get them. <laughs> I want to talk about serious. I want to talk about the term serious. People keep saying, well, we're in a serious relationship. As opposed to what? I don't know. Because there is not a such thing as a not serious relationship. We wouldn't be calling that a relationship. You guys would just be talking or hooking up or whatever. But like, how do we feel about the delineation between serious relationships and not serious relationships? I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like, what, like, what really is the difference? I mean, I think that as far as, like, being in a relationship goes, like, again, as if you guys aren't fucking other people, then it's probably Pretty serious. serious. <laughs> Pretty damn serious. As a millennial, if you're exclusive, it's serious. As soon as someone tells me I'm not seeing anyone else, I've deleted the apps. I'm like, oh, okay, that indicates serious to me. Right. And if someone was like, oh, I've deleted all the apps. I'm only sleeping with you. But like, we're just, we're still hanging out. Red flags. Red flags are everywhere. Right. Like that doesn't mean that you are like bulldozing towards an engagement ring. That doesn't mean that at all. But 
a relationship in itself where you guys have chosen not to be seeing other people or seeking other people that in itself is serious yeah we gotta stop saying that i that on that hot take i'd like to even have a hotter take stop telling people that your relationship is serious it's annoying <laughs> like it's i don't like, even know what to say back ever I'm like, you're either cool. you're dating you're in a relationship you're engaged you're married you're single. Yeah. Like the, those are the steps. Like why are, why are we trying to break it down so much further? Why are we trying to overcomplicate it? Like we're talking, we're talking, we're talking, we're dating, we're dating, but we're not seeing anyone else. He asked me to be his girlfriend. We're, we're in a serious. relationship. We're serious. Like, I don't ever know what that means. Does that mean a ring is coming? Like, does it mean that they've met your mom? Like, I don't know. And then it's so worse when the serious relationship, no offense, because I know some of my friends are listening, has literally been five minutes. Like, it's so, it's, it's serious. Who is this person? <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't know. But who then this are we being, is. are we being hypocritical? If they hit all those other criteria, they aren't seeing anyone else. They aren't seeking anyone else. And they have said to each other that they want to be in a relationship. We just said that that is within itself serious. So it is, but stop can, saying it. Like I don't say the sky yeah, but, is blue. Like, like just like I again, fair, you fair, guys are fair. together and that's serious. No further. I think that's another thing along with values that has been happening as we get older cuz I think so many of us were in like situationships in our early 20s where it's like I'm not really seeing him but he's around all the time like bull whatever whatever. Here's to the so, situationship. May they ever be complicated. And may they die. <laughs> and may, and may, may they die. <laughs> may they, death to situationships. I'm like, I want nothing to do with that. But I guess that's why maybe why people are saying it. Because they're like seeing a guy that we interacted with all the time, but it was never serious. I don't know. Just God bless. Because I don't ever want to hear that again. We're too old for that. We're, We're too, too old. Like, I, will, I will say that sometimes, like you're saying, 28, almost 28, you're like, am I officially adult yet? Or not. I'm almost 30, so like, I think calm being, down. being done with situationships, adult. <laughs> That's adult territory. I'm really done. Are we dating or not? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is nah, then, then I won't be dating you, then you need to get out of my face. And again, <laughs> God bless, God bless the Milwaukee men, because at least they get that. At least they get that. And I am appreciative of that. There has been little to no time wasted on this scene, because... Just call it like it is. Like, I feel empowered to call it like it is. They feel empowered to call it like it is. And we are all for the better because of it. I like that. I like how direct they're being. Me too. Okay. So how do we feel about friendship approvals and dating? So I find that, like, I'm going to out myself. I'm the friend who people usually want the approval. Like, has Shelby met the dude or the girl? Does she like her? Like... I'm always that friend. It's a lot of pressure. Thank you, friends, for giving me this honor. But, like, if I don't like that person, you might be devastated. And that's very stressful. So how do you feel about that? I have also, in certain friend groups, have kind of made myself that person, whether it's been deemed or, or I've just enforced that upon myself. Like, that is, like, definitely a running joke in certain circles that, like, I am the final approval. Like, I, like I'm the dad. Like, listen, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like the dad with the shotgun, like cleaning it on the kitchen table. But, but we love, we love that because I mean, it shows just like how much your friends care about you and, and value your, your opinion. I think that, listen, I want to go on some dope double dates. I want to go on some like vacations with people. And if you're bringing, if you are one of my closest friends and you expect me to vacation with this person for the better part of our lives, they better be able to kick it. That's all I've got to say. Like, I do not want to be hanging out with someone that's like a wet noodle. Absolutely not in Mexico. No. But what do you do when you don't like the person? So here's the thing about being that friend. Because you and I handle it very differently. I remember when you met Scotty, Rebecca's husband. And now, ha- now happily married. We were now in happily Chicago. married. We were in Chicago. 
we were in Chicago and you met him and, and you were like the dad of the shotgun. You're like, I, but you like, you liked him. I mean, you're a softie, right? Like, it's like, you're going in hot, like what's going on. And then you're like, okay, cool. I like you. I am like a silent partner, right? I'm like, I'm like in the Devil Wears Prada where Miranda Priestley's like, you know, she just makes faces to signal whether she likes things or not. That's me. Like, I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to like, I'm not, I'm not going to even have that much to say. Like to the point where people are like, so after, how did you feel about that? Cause I didn't really get any, they want to have like a, they want to unpack it after. When I don't like someone who my friend has just deemed incredible and they can't live without. We're at the age now where I feel like I can't say anything <laughs> because it's like, unless this person is like a terrible person, I'm not going to tell you not to be with them because like, that's not my business. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want, I don't, I don't want my dislike or like our lack of similarities to dictate whether you skip into the sunset with them or not. And I don't want you to be mad at me because half the time they already know they want to like marry them or do whatever. And I'm like, I think that's a really valid point. And again, like going back to this like thread that we've woven about just knowing yourself so much better and knowing what you need just so much with, with so much more clarity as you get older. I think that it is hard to have those kind of situations unless you see something like that's really a big issue. It's hard to not give your approval at this age because I mean, it was much easier for us to have those kind of like blunt conversations about yay or nay on someone when you're 24 because you have all of this runway ahead of you. And now it's like, well, you know, they, they've been dating for a while. It's so nice to see them at least happy with someone. They seem sure of it. I don't want to take away their happiness. I don't want them to not be able to find someone else if they do feel really confident in this relationship. Like, you always want the best for your friend. But I think that we've accepted now that, like, as we are not that person, as we are not that friend, the only person that knows like exactly what is right for them is that person themselves. Like we can only give our support and our guidance. And, and if really it is critical, like I saw this guy rob a bank yesterday, critical, <laughs> then, then you step in. But I think that as the greater whole at this point, you kind of just got to let people do their thing. And trust that they know and trust that they know what they're doing. Yeah, I'm like, because I think I've learned that we can't like, I can't like every single one of them, right? Because it's like, I picked, say I picked you to be my friend. Like, I don't get to pick who you pick. But I just also know that like, it's a tight knit friend group. Like it's, it's hard to get in. It's been, it's been like tight for a long time. So I think also it's just like accepting new people is sometimes I have to recognize myself that like, I don't actually have an issue with them. There's new and like, it's a different vibe. That's a really good point too, because now we are outside of the space and like the age where people are really dating people that have been within the same social circles as you, whether that is just like by, by time, like you're not dating, you're not seeing people like get together with their high school sweethearts. Like they're probably already there. Or if they aren't people that you went to college together, like people have moved all over. I mean, we have lived in several different states since graduation at this point. Um, so our social circles are expanding where we are going to meet people and, and whether it's like a romantic sense or from friendships, like we are gathering people into our lives from a lot other different pools than before. And so that's a good point. Like you have to be open to all of these other pools and the people that may come with it too. Even if you knew like college me, college me is not the same person as like 28 year old me. And like you kind of have to keep that in mind as if I'm bringing other people into my life that only know 28 year old me. And, and, and same for other people too. As we get older, people are going to expand what they like, what they don't like. Again, just like becoming like more, more themselves really. And so maybe the friend that you thought hated Thai food loves it now and met her now fiance while she was posted up at the Thai spot down the street because she can't get enough. And that is something that you never knew about her. But you know what? News is news. And you just kind of have to accept that as long as they don't suck. And as long as I want a vacation with them in Mexico, that 
I stand, I stand by that. Shelby, if I don't want to party, <laughs> if I don't want to party in Mexico with your future spouse, then we're going to have words. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like people are so funny when they're like, oh, I, I can't wait to see who you pick. And I'm like, does anyone think they're going to be less than stellar? Like, LOL. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I just, whenever someone brings that up, I'm like, if I call you and I tell you that I'm marrying someone, you better believe that they are just 10 out of 10. Because otherwise... Here's to that. I will just be alone. Cheers to that. Because otherwise I'm sitting in my house by myself. I just think not settling is a really big deal. And I think some people just want to be coupled more than they want to find like the actual match. Because it takes a while. It's not glamorous to like be the single friend all the time. In fact, I kind of enjoy it. But like there are days where I probably don't. That, and that's that's the reality of the situation. Like, again, we are the single ones of our immediate friend group. And there are some days where it rocks. It is so fun to just be going out and doing your thing, whether that is solo, whether that is going out and going on three days a week and just kind of having everything be spontaneous and open. There are some times where it is so fun. And it just rocks. And there are other times where you're like, wow, I really wish that I had someone to sit on this couch with me right now and just like not talk because we were that comfortable with each other and that would be bliss too. So it really is like a spectrum of being single is awesome versus like I want to uh, like be in a relationship. But I think at this point, the main differentiation is that I don't want to be in a relationship with someone unless, like, that is someone that I can, like, really see a future with. Like, that is someone that I really want to invest my time and energy in. Because, listen, as a single person, I get to choose where I spend my time. If I want to go on five dates in a week, I can do that. But if I want to not go on dates for two months and focus on my job or my side hustle or I like want to be traveling all over, I have that flexibility too. That's something like from single life that I'm just going to miss, honestly. I think I I mourn my single life that's not even over sometimes because as our friends like get in relationships and live with people, the dreaded, the one thing I dread in a relationship is the mutual calendar. As a pretty busy person alone, I fear the day that someone presents me with their GCAL and I have to now go to some of these things. Sync up. <laughs> like, oh, my cousin who you've met once is like having a baby shower. So we have to go on a plane to so-and-so. And I'm like, do I want to go to Indiana for your cousin's baby shower? No. But I guess that's the right thing to do. So like, <laughs> I think that's the one thing where I'm like, oh, because planning with couples is so hard. It's like one person's calendar, the other person's calendar. Do they even want to do the thing you're proposing? And I'm not excited about that. There's so much syncing to do. There's so much syncing to do. And that is hard. And that is the nice thing about sing- being single is like you only have to make choices for yourself. Right. Do I want to go on this vacation or not? And then, like, I'm only paying for myself. It's not like we have to look at flights for two people. And then Christmas, don't even get me started. The day that I'm spending Christmas with someone other than my grandparents is going to be a really hard day for me. I'm going to be like, I'm to go to your house on Christmas. I'm like, I'm to go to your house? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I, like, that, that upsets me. Like, I'm like, I'm upset thinking about that. I don't want to go. You can just be like my mom. She's like, listen, everyone shows up on holidays. I don't care. Like that. My mom doesn't have too many like hard and fast rules like that. And that is one of hers. She's like, your ass is at this table on big holidays. Thank you. I mean, it's a mood. No discussion. Okay. So I have two more questions. One of them is what advice would you give your earlier dating self as your 28 year old self? Take every experience for what it's worth. I don't think that I was so open to just having things fail so early on. Um, And I think, too, just, like, when people show you who they are, believe them and let them go. I think that I spent a lot of time and energy, particularly early on in college, hanging on to people 
in the way that I perceived them and had painted them into this picture in my own mind, rather than accepting the reality of them and the reality of our situation and the prospect of being together. Just like I've been saying that it's so refreshing now, just like everyone being so much more intentional here and being able to say exactly what they want. I don't think I was as, I didn't enable myself to really hear what the other people were saying in those regards. And I think that I could have saved myself a lot of time and energy and hurt if I just would have accepted a situation for what it was at that point and could have had some other good experiences if I wasn't wasting my time in that regard. I'm going to take your advice as my own advice because I probably needed to hear the same thing. Um, Here for you, Shelves. It's a lot of time. Yeah, just a lot of time spending trying to make things that weren't a thing a thing because you're afraid of like, well, will I find someone? Or And it's like, I had no business finding anybody in my early 20s. So like, well, I think I don't that like know. in your early 20s too, and I think in, in when you're younger, you have this like idea of, well, this is like my first love and this is it. This is all I know. And it's so romanticized and exciting. And this could be my person. And you just like, you just see the forever of the situation and you don't really know what else is out there. Um, and, and because this is the first time or one of the first times that you are connecting with someone on like such a deep level, you feel like you can't let go because you all, you have all of this time and energy and emotional energy put into it. You don't know how to stop that. I don't think that we have just the maturity to pull back and recognize when things need to end at that time. I think that's, that's something that just like comes with age. And so that's what I was saying before, like with my gut feeling, like my gut feeling may be something that's going to be for a day, maybe two weeks, maybe for a lifetime. But like whatever that timestamp is, I have accepted that that's okay. Not everything needs to be forever. And I think when you're younger, you think that everything needs to be forever. Everything needs to be permanent because you put time and effort into it. And that's not the case. You can still get something very fulfilling and, and have something to take away from something no matter what the time period is. It doesn't have to be a, a whole lifetime. And sometimes you save yourself time getting out of there earlier because you see the signs over and over and over again and you stay and then you're just like, why? And also when you reflect as a 28 year old, you're like kind of, I'm like, ooh. Like there's a TikTok where people are referring to like memories in their head and they make a cringe face. That happens to me more than I care to admit. When I think about <laughs> early 20s, I'm just like, mm-hmm. like why would you, what were you doing? It's very unclear why you thought some of the things you thought. Okay, so my last question is, it's kind of an exercise. So what would you... <laughs> okay. I can only imagine where this is going. All right. Let's okay. See what, let's see what happens. It's not too wild, but let's see what happens. What would you say to me about my dating life that I... Like, what is your perspective? What would you change? What do you think is going well? And then I'm going to I'm gonna say some things about your dating life. Oh, my God. This is a great question. Um, Shelby J., my dear, dear friend. I think Uh-oh. that you need to be less skeptical of people. That is something where I would love you for trusting your gut because your gut has led you to good, good places. And I think that you go into relationships or just like into talking with people that it's like, I don't want to invest time into them because I don't really know them. But I think that you need to have that vulnerability. You need to have that like give and take a little bit more because people can surprise you and let them surprise you. Don't be so skeptical about everything. I like surprises. Um, Act like it. (laughs) The advice is spicy. Um, Okay. I've had had two glasses of rosé. My advice is not as pointed. No, I'm kidding. I don't really know what my advice is. Okay, let me think about it. I say, it's honestly, you've self-corrected in some ways. Like Milwaukee has changed you. I think that when things don't work out, you get a little bummed because like you have have the opposite problem with me, right? We probably need to meet in the middle. Like you're all in because your gut feeling is like, this is great. This is great. We have momentum. Like he's doing the things I want. And then when it's, over you're very upset and reflective and kind of like why 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 and I think that you have to take it as the universe just being like that's not your guy 
Like, I think sometimes, like, you have a really good night with people or, like, a really good date or really fun conversation or they seem just like you or whatever and it doesn't work out and it's just, like, it hurts. It can hurt. I think you should sit in that. But it also is just, like, that is not your person. Like, every time you've told me about a guy who didn't work out and I've, like, seen his Instagram or you've told me something about him, I'm, like, meh. Like, that just wasn't the guy. And so, like, I think... You're not impressive. (laughs) Not impressed. And so I think you have to just be, like... Yeah, that sucks. And my, I think you just have to admit it's your ego. It's your ego more than you have lost out on a fireman. It's like not a not an actual fireman. Like, <laughs> I mean, there, like, was, there was at least a few of those in the mix, but <laughs> there was there were some actual firemen in the mix. But I just you didn't lose out on anyone that was like awesome or your person. It just was like that sucked. But I think you put mm-hmm. yourself out there. I mean, in the group chat, we hype you up because you put yourself out there more than the average person where I just keep people in my orbit and see I'll talk to them when I feel like talking to them (laughs) and we're gonna we're gonna work on that (laughs) in our 28th year wow big things ahead in two weeks I can't wait (laughs) big things ahead I'm gonna release some people from the orbit and maybe find some new planets so I love that I love that Thank you for listening to another episode of Define Normal. If you like the episode or have any feedback for me, please leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Define Normal. See you next week.